0: greet you brothers and sisters in the worthy name of Jesus, our servant, the one who came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I just found that extra meaningful the last few moments as we partook of the bread and of the cup. I know there's various ways of doing it, and they all have their place and yet it just struck me in a new way this morning as i as I sat there and and as the as my brothers and sisters uh, went before me as it were, as the line went, and I saw my brothers and sisters uh, my family it, it just Stood out to me in a unique way that this is not just something that I do individually before God, but this is something we do together in a collective way. Uh, this is my family. Uh, these are the ones that I that I live with, that I worship with, that I pray with, that I rejoice with, that I grieve with, that I you name it. And as important as physical family is, Jesus says, actually spiritual family is of much greater significance found that beautiful. I invite you to John chapter 13 as we think uh, this morning about four requirements for effective feet washing. (laughs) Four requirements for effective feet washing. And as I speak this morning, as as I note these requirements, I will be going back and forth, and I may not always say it, but I will be going back and forth between what we do in the physical in a few moments and the spiritual significance that it has. I may not always say that now I'm going to talk about this and now I'm talking about a greater thing, but we'll be going back and forth, and I trust that we can connect the dots somewhat. I'm implying this morning that there is an effective way to wash feet. There is a way that that is meaningful. There is a way that is beautiful. There is a way that is powerful. And that makes a difference. But I'm also implying that simply going through the motions doesn't... Truly cut it, as it were. Now, as I say this, I'm talking about the greater significance behind the act that we do. You see, feet washing is not just simply about getting down on our knees this morning and splashing water on our brother or sister's feet. No, you understand that. Now, that is something we do in the physical, but it points to something of great sig- spiritual significance. And so, feet washing must be a way of life, brothers and sisters. It talks about humble service. It talks about selfless love. It must be a way of life. It is expressing Jesus to our brothers and sisters, to our family of God, to our brotherhood here. On a daily basis, throughout the week. And so I ask you, where is your heart in all of this? As you live here, as you come to church here, as you worship here, as you mingle with this body of believers, is your heart in it? Are you truly washing feet effectively Or are you just simply going through the motions, just washing feet? We'll note in this passage, verses 1 through 17, four requirements for effective feet washing. Follow along as I read. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them, unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Jesus Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord." Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happier ye if ye do them. The four requirements that we would like to note in this passage. They are lessons from the example of Jesus. They are selfless love. Humble service. Caring relationships. And joyful obedience. I say again selfless love, humble service, caring relationship, and joyful obedience. With each of these, I will ask a question that helps us to do some personal inventory. Selfless love. You have to have compassion. You have to have compassion. And I ask you, where is your focus? You notice that this was just a few hours before Jesus hung on the cross. These were the last hours. Jesus, no doubt, had many things on his mind. No doubt there were some very heavy things weighing on him, as it were. And yet, where was Jesus' focus in those last few hours? It wasn't upon the horror that he would face. It wasn't about all that. But his focus was on those that he loved. Was on those that were closest to him. His focus was on the disciples. Verse 1, it says... Having loved his own which were in the world. He loved them unto the end. Or now he showed them. He was about to show them. How much he loved them. He was about to show them the full extent of his love. Where is your focus? As it relates to effective feet washing. As we think about. Our selfless love in this brotherhood, in this congregation. You see, when we're thinking about ourselves. When we're thinking about what I need, first and foremost. When we're thinking about what I can get out of this. What it, how it benefits me. That is not a selfless love, but it's a very selfish love. I notice... That throughout the Gospels, we see how Jesus was moved by what he saw. He had an eye for needs around him. He was not focused on bettering himself. But he was focused on the needs. And that moved him. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And we see that attitude expressed Throughout the Gospels. How is it with me? How is it with you? I say in order to wash feet. As it were effectively. In this body of believers. We must have an eye. For the needs around us. We must have compassion. For our brothers and sisters. We find it easy in our flesh. To to say well, they shouldn't have got into that predicament. If they wouldn't have done this, then they wouldn't be there. So on and so forth. And yet, a selfless love reaches out, regardless of the circumstances, as it were, and shows compassion. I say it's a requirement to wash feet effectively. In the body of believers. Secondly, we have the requirement of humble service. Humble service, and we find this in verses four and five, where Jesus knew a number of things. Jesus knew that he had been given power from the Father, Jesus knew that he was one with the Father, Jesus knew his position. He knew these things and yet it says that with this in mind, he rose from supper and he laid aside his garments and I, I think of that in more ways than just physically laying aside his garments but he laid aside these other things that he knew and he took a towel and he girded himself, he poured water in a basin and you see how he's going through The actual motions here. This isn't just some pie in the sky idea, but this is something that Jesus actually did in the physical. Can you imagine what was going through the minds of the disciples? Let me just tell you, they were probably shocked beyond words. They didn't speak that we have recorded here, other than Peter. He spoke a lot. But, they were shocked beyond words. They were humiliated. This was a Tremendously humbling experience for them. Because Jesus was doing something here that was completely contrary to culture at that time. And he got down and he washed their feet. Humble service. Dear people, to wash feet effectively, you have to get low. You understand that? You understand that? You can't wash feet standing up. You have to get low in order to wash feet. And I ask you, why are you here? Why are you here? I say that humble service is a requirement for effective feet washing. In the brotherhood, there is no place for levels, as it were. But in a very real sense, feet washing levels the playing field within a body of believers. Everyone must get down on their knees to wash feet. I don't care who you think you are. I don't care who I think I am. It doesn't matter if you're ordained or not. It doesn't matter if you're uh, called to a certain position of leadership or not. Everyone must get down to wash feet. Once again, Jesus came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And we think of the verses in Philippians chapter 2 where it talks about how Jesus humbled himself knowing full well who he was. Knowing full well that he was one with the Father. And yet he he didn't grasp that with a closed fist as it were. But he opened himself up to the will of the Father and he humbled himself to death. Even the death of the cross. That's as low, that's as dirty as it gets. Humble service, you have to get low. It's requirement for effective feet washing. Back over the time when the hostages were being held in Haiti, we were getting a number of updates about that. We were getting emails about that, reading about uh, information that was coming in. Some point during that whole situation, I read that they found on the desk of one of the hostages... This saying, I am here for ministry. If I am not serving, I am only existing. That struck me. That person didn't know where life would go. That person didn't know that they would end up being held as a hostage. Not knowing if they would ever get out, see life again as it were. Ever since then, that message has also been on my desk. You see, there is something about life that is more real than just simply going through the motions. Oh, you can just wash feet, as it were. Or you can truly, effectively wash feet as you get down and allow God to work through you. And use you. Humble service. It's a requirement for effective feet washing. Thirdly, I note that caring relationships are a requirement for effective feet washing. And here I say that you have to get close in order to wash feet effectively. You can't effectively wash feet from a distance. You have to get close. And the question I ask is. Who are you close to? Who are you close to? I guess you understand that who and what you are close to impacts your commitment. To the local brotherhood. Who you say you are committed to. And we see that Jesus set the example by being close to his disciples. This was his group. This was his circle of friends. This is who he nurtured and taught, discipled. Caring relationships. Along with caring relationships is Meaningful conversations. And I find this in this conversation that Jesus and Peter had. There was a meaningful conversation. I say caring relationships and meaningful conversations go hand in hand. You in fact can't have a caring relationship without meaningful conversations. They go hand in hand. You know in the life of the church... Relationships that are distanced, or distant relationships, as it were, they often foster cynical attitudes, uh, maybe a judgmental spirit, false assumptions. You think things, you hear of things, and so then you think things, and then what you think sort of becomes the controlling factor and that taints your ability to truly love and care but you see people you won't truly understand until you see their feet you understand what I'm saying you have to get low and you have to get close oh You mean that's what their feet look like? Oh, I didn't realize that. Maybe maybe that's why they walk that way. Maybe you understand where I'm going with that. You don't understand that. You can't see that from a distance, but you start formulating thoughts. I say you cannot effectively wash feet Unless you have a caring relationship, and that involves meaningful conversations, then you can understand. And I say it is absolutely foundational to a healthy brotherhood of believers. There's an old Indian saying that goes something like this Never speak a word until you have walked a mile in their moccasins. Never speak a word until you have ridden in their saddle. That speaks to me. I need that. You know, Jesus set the example once again when he chose to become one of us. He chose to become one with us. And the scripture says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. No, it wasn't at a distance. But the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4, that when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman... Made under the law to redeem them that are under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. is that beautiful? Jesus set the example by becoming one with us. Fourthly then, the last requirement that I note here for effective feet washing is joyful obedience. You just have to do it. (laughs) You have to do it. And the question is, what are you doing? What are you doing? The mainstream evangelical church today, in many ways they read the same Bible that we do, but in many ways they don't do it. Now, I'm not here to condemn. I'm not here to judge. I'm just simply saying that when we look at this passage, not only do we believe that it should be a literal observance, but we believe that there is great blessing in actually literally, literally observing it. Jesus actually physically washed their feet. Is that what he was talking about? No, he wasn't talking about that in as much as he was talking about humble service, selfless love, and on and on and on. But he did it. And then he says three times. Verse 14. I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet. Ye ought also to wash another's feet. Verse 15, "I have given you an example. ye should do as I have done to you." Verse 17, "If ye you know these things happier, if you do them, there's a special blessing, I believe, and there's a special power in a body of believers that takes this literally and puts it to practice. It is a reminder of what Jesus did for the disciples. It's a reminder of what Jesus did and is doing for us today. And it's something physical that helps us to wrap our mind around and then live out the greater truth. What are you doing? You simply have to do it. Verse 16 Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Jesus said that only after he had showed by example. Jesus stooped down and washed their feet. And then he said, in a sense, how could you possibly think that you are greater Than your Lord. How could you possibly think that you are somehow above that? No. The servant is not greater than his Lord. You are not greater than the one who sent you. Therefore, do as I have done unto you, and you will be blessed. You will be happy. There is much here that encourages us and challenges us. May God help us to be faithful to his word.